couple, of course, is here. They they had church the day after uh, Cynthia and I got married, and uh, we slept through it. So, ah, well, Jesus, we thank you for your word to us, uh, for this place we've gathered, for this people that you have gathered in this place, and uh, we just pray that your perfect will be done today. God, on earth as it is in heaven, God, in each one of us, God, we want to receive from you those things that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Lame. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, God, we do pray that you would touch Kai. Uh, God, this little guy so far from home. Uh, God, but this this family that is no family. And we we pray, God, that you would uh, just surround him uh, with your peace, uh, with your protection, with your sense of well-being. And God, we pray that uh, you would just work all of these issues out. God, we pray for Angie and Bonnie, that you would touch their hearts as well. God, it's difficult uh, having something uh, going on with your children and, and wanting to fix it and, and not really being able to. And we pray that you would uh, just touch these issues. God, I pray that you would uh, just bless it. God, as only you can, touch this little guy, touch this mother, touch this grandmother, and, and do what only you can do. God, do something uh, in Kai's family. God, these, uh, God his dad and, and, and these other people. God, we pray that you would... Uh, somehow uh, reach them, God, because uh, your arm is not short. God, we just pray it in your name. Amen and amen. So, uh, the Bible is full of commandments. And uh, I was talking with my children about commandments and how we have the Ten Commandments and uh, and then throughout the books of Moses, you have all these these other commandments, and uh, you know, commandments are a good word. I like I like that word commandment. It's like you know when you when you have uh, employees, you tell them what to do. It's kind of like a command, like do this and he doeth it, or you hope he does it. At uh, you know, like like you ask him to, and as fast as you expected him to, and so forth. Um, so, uh, of course, the Bible says that, that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill it. And uh, uh, there's a great deal of Christianity has kind of uh, glossed over the fact that Jesus said that and, and kind of gone into this, well, we don't need to keep the commandments because you know we're not under the law, but we're under grace. Uh, but again, Jesus clearly said that he didn't come to destroy the law; he came to fulfill it. And um, you know, because uh, you know, because Jesus has brought us to this new covenant, can we now kill people? Well, you know, can we steal stuff now? Yeah, not so much. So, in fact, uh, when you read Matthew five, it seems like Jesus kind of narrowed it down even further and made it an even straighter way because. Uh, if you have this law that's acting on the outside, you can say don't kill, and it's 
reasonably easy to not kill people. Some days it's harder than others. Uh, you know, Ron talks about uh, road rage and stuff. I always thought that your car should have like a spatula like that comes shooting out of the front to just kind of pick up the car in front of you and just kind of fling it behind you and off to the side so you don't hurt anybody else. But I, I get a little grumpy when I'm driving too. Um, but it's a different thing when it's when Jesus takes it and he makes it what's in your heart. Because he says if you're angry with somebody without a cause, if you hate your brother, then it's just like murdering him. And, and so uh, it makes it uh, even more, it's uh, the word precise, I guess, it makes it more nitpicky, makes it more straight. Because it's not just what you do on the outside. Because you can... You could look like you're smiling at somebody, but you could just be burying your teeth at them. And uh, uh, and so it depends on what's inside. And so we have this old covenant that works on the outside, and we have this new covenant that works on the inside. And they both have commandments. And and of course, these commandments carry over from the the old covenant about not killing people and not stealing things and not not wrecking homes and, and so on and so forth, and honoring God. You know, God certainly expects us to, to still uh, honor our father and our mother and uh, and all those kinds of things. And, and uh, in fact, he, he goes out of his way to talk about how when you do those things, you're blessed. And the, the, the reward that comes with it, he said that, uh, that, that they have a great understanding that, that keep his commandments. So we have all these commandments in the Old Testament, and then we come to the New Testament. We have more commandments, and uh, they're interesting commandments, I think. And uh, the great thing is about the the statements that Jesus makes is uh, as he makes these uh, pronouncements, these commandments that that you couldn't possibly do, and and it's great because, uh, you know, you, you, you come to Sinai, like, thou shalt not kill. Okay, I can do that. Like, you shall not steal. Okay, I can do that. Uh, and then you come to uh, this other mount where Jesus is giving this uh, this sermon. And he says, be therefore perfect, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Like, well, that would be a different thing. That I could not do. And... Uh, you know, he he told uh, uh, he told people that he healed. He said, "Go and sin no more." And uh, there's a creative power in the Word of God and the things that he said. The he's the efficient cause of creation. His Word. Uh, the very first thing the Bible says is that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. No sun, no moon. No halogen lamp, no disco ball, just light, because he said there was there should be light, so there is. And so his word brings this power with it. So when he tells you go and sin no more, then uh, yes, he's telling you that, but he's also pronouncing it on you. And so and so it is with this uh, commandment of perfection. And so. Um, you know, he doesn't tell us things that he doesn't expect us to be able to come through on um, 
without, uh, you know, or as long as we have His power on board doing those things. And so in John chapter 13, that's where we're going to go. Beat you there because I opened my Bible before I started. Uh, we're going to read uh, one of these uh, in- interesting commandments that He has. You know, and last week we talked a little bit about, or maybe it was the week before, about uh, them coming to Jesus and they asked him, what's the greatest commandment of all? And and he comes back with Deuteronomy 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind. And, uh, and an interesting thing that that, that that is a commandment because God wants us to understand that he wants us to to love him and see him that personably. Uh, it's a, it's, an, it's an interesting thing because you know men and women are so different that uh, it can be a very interesting experience trying to understand how they think and how they do things, why they do things, why they do things, and and what were they thinking, all that kind of thing. No, but uh, men and women are just different. And uh, and as different as men and women are, God is way more different than than us. And so He doesn't think like we think. He doesn't do like we do. And so to try and understand why He would do something or why He would say something, you kind of have to just rely on what did He say. Like, uh, it's like well, He said this, so that must be what He meant then. Uh, you know, I've known lots of people who they won't tell you what they mean. They will kind of talk in circles around it and kind of expect you to fill in the blank, draw your own picture inside. Which is a terrible way to communicate because that leaves you trying to figure out, well, what are they looking for? What are they trying to get me to come up with here? And then you're playing this guessing game. It's like, so did you did you say that thing because you think I'm a terrible person, or did you just say that because of something else? And they kind of look at you like, what? So, uh, you know, uh, as Cynthia and I went along in our marriage, we learned to communicate with words as God intended, and to to actually say what we meant rather than uh, leaving it up to the other person to figure out what is it that they're trying to say to me. And uh, really saves a lot of headache and a lot of guesswork to just say what you mean. I, I like that whole straightforward kind of thing. And God is very straightforward because uh, uh, you know he, he says what he means, but he he also he says things in a way that sometimes leaves our little finite brains kind of wondering what is what did he mean by that? But he. Uh, so he has these things that he says to us, and uh, he, he says that if anyone would wills to do my will, you know, he said if anybody wants to do the things that I would have them to do, then then they're going to get there. I'm, uh, they're on the right track. I'm, if they're going to work with me on this thing, uh, I. Uh, it's funny. It seems like almost every Bible study I do, I'm talking about just simply cooperating with with God. But, uh, um, you know, when somebody tells you how to do something and you, or tells you to do something and you think, I don't know that I could do that, uh, typically all they 
they're they're going to show you how to do it. They're going to lead you, and you just kind of have to work with them on the thing. I uh, years ago I had this dream that I was uh, it, I hadn't been playing bass in the song service very long, and this guy that I knew that plays bass amazing was playing bass in the song service, and he was so good. And I just thought, I don't even want to play anymore. I, I could never play like that guy. I would never even think to play the stuff that that guy plays, and it's so amazing. And, wow, I'm such a loser. And uh, and that was the whole dream. And uh, and I, I talked to Ron about it. And he said, well, the thing is, is people look at ministry. They look at the ministry in this place, and they think, I could never do that. I could never measure up to that standard I could you know think but it's not about you doing it it's about God doing it and it's about cooperating you know that I was thinking this morning a little bit about God's choice you know because anybody could be standing here talking and he just happened to pick me for whatever reason and I was thinking there's plenty of people that are perfectly well qualified to do this um, and I don't I wouldn't say that I was particularly well qualified to do this he just told me to do it so here I am and uh, but it's interesting because it wasn't about ability that guy had lots of ability um, but what God needed was somebody that would just get up there and, and let him do what he does and and so that's, that's how God does things so in John chapter 13 uh, we're talking about um, here, Jesus is having the, the Passover, uh, the Last Supper, if you will, with his disciples. And he's been talking to them about the things that are coming. And uh, you know, who knows that it's good to have have somebody prep you when you're getting ready to go through something crazy. It's like, now this is going to be crazy, but it's going to be okay. And... Uh, and I love it because Jesus spends like four chapters talking to them about all this all this good stuff about how this is going to be all right. And they all just kind of stare at him like, <laughs> you know, it's like they they, they lead him off. You know, they arrest him and take him away. And, and they all just kind of panicked as we all would, I, I suppose. And uh, but, but the word of God happens just like he says it will. And, and he prophesied that I, I'm going to smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And so it was. So he's talking about how I'm getting ready to die. And uh, in verse 31, chapter 13, okay, he just, Judas just left after uh, um, being fingered out as the one who's, who's going to betray him. It says, therefore, when Judas was gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And if God be glorified in him, then God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You shall seek me, and as I said to the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you. So when he, when he said that to these uh, these Jewish leaders, he said, you know, where I'm going, you can't come. And they thought, what, is he going to kill himself or what? But what, does he, what does he mean by that? And uh, um, and that is indeed uh, what he's talking about with these disciples. He's like, you know, you're all going to die just, just like I am. 
However, you're not going to right now. So you're not going to follow me where I'm going right now because uh, every guy sitting in this room that he's talking to is going to die a martyr's death just like he does, just like Jesus is going to. Except John, and John lives this martyred life and and then ends up on the on this prison island. And so... You know, James and John's mother came to Jesus and, they, and asked for this, this great glory for her children to sit on his right hand and on his left. And he's like, well, can you, you know, can you go through the things I'm going to go through? Can you do the things I'm going to do? And they said, we can. And he said, well, you will. And, and so they do. But he's saying, you know, you guys are, are going to take this gospel. You guys are going to tell the world about me and tell the world about what I'm getting ready to do. And, and how it's going to benefit them. And, and so you can't come with me now, because, of course, that's what Peter was all about. Uh, you know, he said, you know, everybody could deny you. I'm not going to. And, and of course, he does. He does. We talked about that a week or two ago as well. And, uh, and so uh, it's always disconcerting when you're really attached to somebody and they go somewhere you can't go with them. Like when, uh, you know, they uh, take your kid to the doctor or whatever, and they got to take them back in the little room, take them somewhere where you can't go with them. It's like, oh, my baby. Or uh, the first day of preschool when uh, the teachers kind of stand around uncomfortably for a minute, and they're like, okay, parents, now you guys have to go home now. Go away. Bye. And then you have to kind of unvelcro yourself from your children unvelcro your little heart from them enough to walk away and leave your baby in the care of some stranger. Uh And, of course, Heidi knows what I'm talking about because there's no one stranger than her. (laughs) No. No, We we took Zoe to be screened for the preschool program at the kids' new elementary school. And, and, uh, um, you know, watching her leave the room with this lady that I've never met before, I was like, oh, could this really be happening? And, and Zoe looked back at me, just calm as could be. It's like, whither I go, you cannot come. <laughs> you know, and she just went and did her thing, had a great time, because Zoe has a merry heart, so she has a continual feast. Everywhere she goes, every day is a party. And, of course, when you go to a party like we had last night, then then you get to see her get her party on. So we had a good time. So little children, yet a little while I'm with you, and you shall seek me. And as I said to the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you. And right there, the church says, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were done with the whole commandment thing. Like we talk about more commandments. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Like, well, that's an interesting commandment. So he commanded us to love him. And, and now he's saying, and I want you guys to love each other also. Because, good morning, brother. When you have, when you have children, uh, you kind of have this expectation that you're going to love each other. If it kills me. You know, it's like, you will get along. You will love each other. And uh, you know it's funny because I've several of the the young folk in the church now. It's like I've known them since they were 
tiny, and I despaired that they would ever reach adulthood, uh, or that uh, that they would be able to look each other in the in the eye when they became adults. But uh, they somehow came through those things and and uh, to get along famously as as adults learn to do. Uh, funny because you know kids. Kids are way more mercurial. It's like they can hate each other's guts one minute and then just have a great time after that. You know, adults, we kind of learn to just get along and filter those things. And so it's like we just kind of hate them inside. You know, I, I got picked on a lot in elementary school. It was, elementary school was rather traumatic for me. But then by the time I got to high school, I was kind of used to it. And everybody sort of starts growing up a little bit on towards the end of school and and, you know, and then it's an interesting thing when you live in a small town and you run into those people later. They just everybody's a grown up now. It's it's really interesting how that happens. But he says, I want you to love one another, because you know, no parent likes to hear their kids fighting, likes to hear their kids not getting along. Uh, in fact, few things get on my nerves more than my children treating each other less than kind, and. Uh, uh, and so, so he has this commandment then to love one another. And the interesting thing about love, you know, and this is of course the agape love, the kind of love that says that that God so loved the world. That's a selfless kind of love that puts the other person first, and certainly the the most noble of the loves. Um, you know, and there is a sense where love is this kind of ooey, gooey, you couldn't shut it off if you tried kind of thing. And uh, that usually leads you to having one of those parties like we had last night. There is also this kind of love that is, it's a decision-making kind of love. And, and you find that the ooey, gooey kind of thing eventually leads you into the making decisions kind of love. Because they're certainly connected. But, uh, you know, you can, uh, because you can decide to love somebody, uh, not in a sense, like a romantic sense, certainly not, but um, you can decide that you're going to show somebody love and, and to uh, you know, treat them in a, in a loving manner. And, uh, and that's what he's saying here. And there is certainly... Uh, Certainly, an aspect of that that that's like I'm going to do this, whether regardless of how I feel, I'm going to show love because that's what God says to do. But then comes in that that cooperating thing that we talked about because when you begin to do those things, that you find that God will work with you on that, and and then it, and it becomes easier and then it becomes more genuine because of course He says that let your love be without dissimulation. So not abdicating, hating somebody's guts in your heart and smiling out and being like, man, appreciate you, brother. You know, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but there's a decision involved in the way that you treat other people because, um, you know, people can be really obnoxious at times. And you have to decide, how am I going to treat this person? And of course, that takes you right over to Matthew 25, like the with the sheep and the goats, because the only difference that that God put between them was what they did and didn't do, the way they treated 
other people because he said that if you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. If you didn't do it to the least of these, you did it to me. So this commandment is really not all that new because he says he says it's a new commandment. I want you to love one another, but he's already commanded his disciples to love him. And then, but he says that if you, you know, if you love your brother, you love me. And you, you can't say that you love me and not love your brother. And and so, uh, it's just like, just like Matthew five again. It's like, wow, I don't know that I, not really feeling that. I don't I don't see myself uh, doing that so great. And and which is precisely what God intends uh, for us to come to that conclusion of, wow, God, I need your help on this thing. I need you to uh, come in and, and make me what you want me to be and get these things done in my life because I, I'm i ready to work with you on it. i got my sleeves rolled up. i got my little tool belt on. But uh, uh, I'm not sure how to do this. I can't read the blueprints. You know, it's like I, Mike and I did jobs where you actually have to look at these blueprints and it's just this thing, this big thing. And you just kind of look through it and it's like, well, that kind of looks like, that looks sort of like a house. <laughs> like, I, do, do you think they're saying that there's cabinets there? Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it takes some time to learn how to read those things. And, of course, they are never very helpful for a painter anyway. But... Um, but he, he says, love one another as I have loved you. And so we have another uh, facet of this love then because he's just told them how he loves them. He's like, I'm going to die. Because he says, but greater love has no man than this, that man should uh, lay down his life for his friends. And so so he's saying, okay, here's, this, here's how I love you. I'm, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die and uh, you are going to benefit greatly from it. And he says, as as I have loved you, I want you to love one another that same way. That same kind of selfless, um, sacrificial even kind of love and making a decision to treat someone with love when you don't really feel it so much is certainly like that. And so he says, love one another as as I have loved you. So that, Sam, let me read that whole thing. Is the way he says that. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. I like how he bookends that. He says it twice. So it's like, don't, don't miss the point of what I'm saying. Um, it's funny because you uh, sometimes I'll go to do a Bible study for the Sunday school, and I'm thinking, well, I just talked about that like a month ago. I'm like flipping back through my little notebook. I'm like, didn't I preach this already? It's like, but uh, then you think back to all the times that Ron stands up here and he's like, man, didn't I didn't I tell him that before? I told him once. They should have got it, right? Like, what God just teaches us those things over and over again. And uh, so I find myself, when I'm talking to my children, I repeat myself an awful lot. And uh, you know, eventually, I think, kind of to the point where I get rather long-winded and they're, they're sort of thinking about something else. And it's like, oh, he sounds like he's wrapping up. Yeah, yep, uh-huh, okay. All right, we're good, Dad. Sweet, got it. 
but he says to to love one another the way that he's loved us. So then there's a there's this sense of uh, putting yourself aside, putting your own desires aside, putting your own wants and ways and thoughts and everything else aside. Because it's easy to love somebody when you have the ooey gooey, like oh, isn't she lovely? That's one thing. It's it's hard not to love somebody like when you feel that way, and it's easy to, you know, buy them chocolates and and rings and flowers and and all sorts of things. Um, when uh, when it's somebody that uh, maybe they kind of rub you the wrong way. Like you're you're like a dog personality and they're a cat personality, and and you just kind of would rather not deal with them, but God puts you in this place where He's like, okay, now here's a chance for you to love them. Oh, and remember they're me. Oh, yeah, okay. So that would be that commandment of loving one another then, and uh, and so we do that, and. Uh, and it all comes down to that sense of recognizing that, wow, God is in this other person. And um, I really have no choice but to treat them other than how I would treat him. And, uh, and, and why would I want to treat them any differently than that? Because uh, this is my brother. This is my sister. And... Uh, God doesn't want us not getting along, so we should certainly be getting along. You know, I found myself uh, complaining about some things that I had uh, gotten into, uh, got myself into, uh, helping somebody. And I kind of didn't want to, and I just sort of kind of made it happen. And in the process of doing that, God really... uh, Kind of uh, paid me back in return with some things, some help that I needed, and and I was and I I recognized that right away, and I thought, wow, that's precious. You know, you reap what you sow and everything. But I was thinking about the attitude I had about helping this other person with this thing that I was helping him with, and I thought, um, and I, I was just kind of going over this stuff with the Lord, you know, and He kind of just interrupted all my thoughts. He's like, yeah, but I love a cheerful giver. Not a grouchy, reluctant, rather slam my head in the car door kind of giver. I did say that, didn't I? Wow. So God has this way of nailing your hide to the wall. It's like anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of your own soul. No, but it's precious that He does that because... He's so faithful. Like here, I was doing all this gripey, complainy stuff that he despises, and yet he was honoring this law of reaping and sowing, and then points it out to me. Like, hey, you know, you really got the heavy end of that on the on the blessings, um, and really had a crappy attitude about it, bro. It's like, yeah, I did. Wow. But you know, it's a precious thing because God deals with those things and. And it's a blessing because he washes us in that uh, uh, with the washing of the water of the word, and it's a blessing to have those things happen. And you know, I, I mean, I felt like I was about this tall for a while, but it was like, wow, God, I really appreciate you pointing that out. Um, and it and it kind of steered me towards this this 
scripture about loving one another. It's like, okay, so what if I asked you to do something? Are you going to gripe and complain and moan about it, or are you, you going to do it cheerfully? Are you going to give to me cheerfully? Because giving to this person cheerfully is giving to me cheerfully. Indeed it is. And, and so, uh, so God's very precious in the way he does those things. So he says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. So people need to see it. You know, the, the people need to see, people in the church need to see God in you and the people in the world need to see God in you. But if you don't have love, excuse me, if you don't have that love, then uh, what are they going to see? They're, they're going to see you. And it's not, you know, as great as we all are, uh, that's not what the world needs to see. And so he says that, you know, the world will know that you're my disciples. The world will know that you belong to me, that you follow my teachings, and that my word is in you when you love one another. And so uh, it just goes right back to that decision-making and that cooperating with God again, that, that he does these things because he, you know, when you... It's always interesting listening to the marriage vows. You know, it's like uh, um, you can always uh, see like those very modern people kind of like kind of seize up when uh, uh, the the bride is saying that she's going to obey her husband. Like I've, I've been to weddings where people just kind of just sort of ooh, I got that ugly word, obey. Like I liked it. Oh. You know, when Cindy and I got married, I'd never heard the all my worldly goods I thee and thou thing. I was like, I like that. It's like, I had five bucks when we got married. That would have been really fun. All my worldly goods I thee and thou. But, you know, it's funny how God does those things. But um, but there is this sense of, of that, that submission to the other person. And the Bible says doesn't just limit it to... The, the wife being submitted to the husband. It, it, it works both ways. It's a, it's a two-way street, and we should be submitted to one another. And so in doing those things uh, is a, is a great, great way to practice that love because it doesn't always come naturally. Like, you know, you, you get these two people, and then you try and cram them together, and, and so you have to kind of work on that a little bit. It's like, well, I was going to do this. Well, I was going to do this. I do things this way. I do things this way. And, uh, you know, Cynthia and I never had a single argument until after we got married. It was like, oh, is that so? Uh, and uh, I, I do indeed uh, blame other things besides her because she's perfect. And I was close. Uh, so there, there were certainly uh, uh, some circumstances that uh, caused some issues there, but uh, you know, um, but we all have those things. We all have to come into the place, and it's not just in a marriage; it's with the whole body because that's why we have the badger skins all sewed together. That's why we have the stones in the temple. So I, I hope you like my cologne because you're probably going to be near me. 
and and that'll work out just fine. So, so loving one another then um, is loving God. Loving God is loving His people around us. You you can't separate the two, and uh, and the world needs to see that uh, in us because without that love, then uh, uh, there's not really you don't have much of a relationship. If you've ever seen a, a marriage where all the love had just drained out and it was just kind of this just two people living in the same house. It's it's a far cry from what love should be, and uh, and people can see the difference. And so if people, you know, if people uh, can all they see in the church is uh, well, I'd either marry Jesus or go to hell. Then uh, that really doesn't give them much incentive to think, wow, I, I can I do that, you know. But when uh, you know, it's like when you. You know, you find you see two people that they've just just fallen madly head over heels in love with each other. It kind of makes you think, yeah, I, that sounds like a good idea. You know, if you're already married, you find yourself buying chocolates and flowers again and reminding yourself what you have already. And if not, then you find yourself kind of looking around. But you know, that song that uh, that they sang yesterday was precious about locking your heart up and giving God the key because giving it out to just anybody could really be a painful thing. So so God is very wise in the things that He does. So He commands us to love one another then. And uh, so if you don't love me too bad, He said you have to. <laughs> so Jesus, we thank You for Your Word to us. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for all that You've done for us. And, uh, God, what we want is to cooperate with You in these things. God, to submit to what Your Word has said. God, uh, to to be willing to do exactly uh, what Your Word has proclaimed. And, God, we pray that uh, uh, as we will to do Your will, God, that, that Your power would come in and uh, make that difference that, that brings these things uh, into a fullness exactly like you would have. And God, today I pray that every person in this place uh, would come with a sense of expectation God, of receiving something from you. God, we have certainly come to bring our gifts. Uh, we have come to bring that sacrifice of praise. We have come to bring that um, uh, that thank offering to you today. Now, but also we have come to receive from you those things that You have, God, because everything that we have comes from You in the first place. And God, so You are that great supply. You are that great need-meeting God. And You know every need in this place. And we pray that today uh, Your power would be present to uh, do those very things that we need. And we pray it and ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.